Yeah, dude. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Can everybody hear that? That's our new <laughs> intro song. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's a custom intro song built from scratch by my sister, Teresa Wong. Is she some sort of audio whiz kid? She's a musician. Anything oh, she wants that. to learn how to do and play, she can do and play with the study of a YouTube and a little bit of practice. Oh, I told incredible. her to make this thing like last night at maybe 7 o'clock or so. I was like, hey, I kind of need a jingle for the podcast. Yeah. You want to maybe yeah. put one together for me? Yeah. I heard the first okay. draft last night, and it was just the melody. I was like, ooh, it was, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> tuned up with the, like high beats per minute. I was like, I'm liking this a lot. Yes. And when I heard the the final draft uh, this morning, added the drums and the cello in it. Oh, my goodness. Yo, I'm so excited. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm yeah. so not musically inclined. I, I, I don't even know how you would <laughs> compose yeah. something like that. Yeah. She did it on her little laptop here. She's got, she's a yeah, woman of the future. She's got one of those wow. touch laptops that just wow. folds up into a nothing and you can produce high quality intro I bet music. She's good at TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I bet she's good at TikTok. I bet she's great at it. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. the TikTok thing seems so beyond. These kids are like, because I see some TikToks on um, on Twitter, mm-hmm. and like these kids, they got the dance moves synced up. They got the fades synced up with all the mm-hmm. music. They got custom like burp songs that they pull out. I don't know how they do it. I have no clue how it works. I I, I don't know how they do it. It's they incredible. do the ones where you hold like a dollar bill in your hand and then the laser comes through and then you go like this and then it like mirrors across and you turn like one dollar bill into like thousands. I, I don't even know about that subgenre. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good. It's those ones where that they have pretty good. Where they have the line come across the screen. Sort of like when you do a panoramic photo on your mm-hmm. iPhone. And you try to ru- you try to move in the middle of the panoramic photo, and it makes you look like a worm thing. Yeah, they do that, but a lot smoother on TikTok. They do everything a lot smoother on TikTok. TikTok is smooth. Mm-hmm. It's one thing we know about it. It's very smooth. <laughs> it's very very smooth. Uh, well, thank you, Teresa Wong, for our new intro and outro music. I hope you guys like it. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Um, you know, let us know what you think of the new music because, yeah, it's staying around. I, oh, yeah. Even, even if you do let us know and you're like, it stinks, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. We love it. It's staying. Yeah, I've been listening to it on loop all day. Sick. It works great. Yeah. Um. All right, my friend. I got some news. Beep, 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 beep. News bulletin. This mm-hmm. is not a Fast and Furious news show. I just, anybody who's new and listening, we don't cover the news. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to say, there was like this whole shenanigans at the Cannes Can Fil- Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Where they were like, there's a secret blockbuster that's going to play at Cannes. 
is a secret blockbuster that's gonna fucking screen at the Cannes Film Festival, which for those not in the know is like one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world. Um, turns out it's just it's Fast Nine. Yeah, they're just really? gonna screen it. Everybody's gonna love it. They're gonna have a good time. <laughs> so that's it. That's I mean, the do, news. do we think um, that's a Vin Diesel idea? He's like, you know what? This Definitely. here is an artistic masterpiece. Without, a, <laughs> it, if it's not like directly from Vin, it's like the Vin vibes, mm-hmm. right? It like has Vin written all over of like, we take this shit seriously. These are masterpieces. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, ah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's definitely like a Vin-driven experiment, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see what comes out of that reaction. I don't know if it's screened yet, but we'll see what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Is Can happening right now? Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Question mark? Question mark, question mark. Um... And I also saw that new Jason Statham movie, Wrath of Man. Mm-hmm. This is a guy, Richie Picture, who made, like, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. He made Snatch. He made some uh, that Swept Away movie with his wife, Madonna. He made the two Sherlock Holmes features with Robert Downey Jr. in them, which I think... Um, Happen to be extraordinarily bad movies. But, um, he made this movie, and it's like, I mean, it's Statham doing Statham. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, um, armored car guards who, but, like, Statham is a new one mm-hmm. who's got a secret past. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Yeah, kind of won me over in the end. Yeah. It's like, what happens if we give Guy Ritchie zero money and, like, just see what happens, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, there's this weird thing where Guy Ritchie has spent his career being a guy making films about, like, British blokes, you know? And, um, and, like, how it's great and how, like, them joking around and fucking making misogynistic comments and like being gross dudes is great Mm -hmm. um and in this like the movie starts off the first 20 minutes are like rough because it's he get it's like him coming into the armored car company and you know all the guys sort of jostling around with each other and joking with each other and it's like the writing i don't know like guy Ritchie writes dialogue like no people have ever spoken like this. This is just like a fantasy of what like guys talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, you can kind of tell he's sort of trying to like make it look gross, but at the same time, he's like, this is kind of great, right? But then like some time shifting stuff starts happening and some bullets go off and some plans get revealed and you're like, Oh, okay. I can get on board with this. Hope McElhaney is in it, who I think is great. Josh Hartnett, weirdly, oh. has a big role, which is like... He was still working. Wow. Hartnett, coming out of it. Let's do it, baby. He's kind of good in the movie, too. Yeah? Um. Yeah, totally. Um. 
Yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, it was worth a watch for sure. I would say go see it if you can. Anyway, this is No One Likes the Tuna podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. And Daryl, we watch a Fast and Furious movie every week, and we talk about it. And this week, we watched Furious 7 again on the final road to Fast 9, TM, registered, (laughs) the Fast Saga. (laughs) I gotta tell you, my Twitter engagement is up. I've been hashtagging the Fast Nine stuff. You know those hashtags where, like, you fill it in and then it pumps up, pops up with a little custom emoji. The Fast Nine has like the logo emoji all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, A plus, great use. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but uh, let's talk about Fast Seven. What or Furious Seven? What did you? Uh, how was your watch through this week? Not bad. I watched it on the TV, which in the past many seasons I don't do very often. I'd say right. maybe one of the movies out of the out of the series I end up sitting down and actually taking time to watch it. But yeah. I did that this morning, and it was it's always better. The bigger, the better, and um, the bigger, the better. And that's true for these movies. I mean, seeing yeah. it in the theater is always the best. And the smaller the screen and the lower the volume, the worst experience overall. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The phone yeah. watch is a tough one. I understand it's a necessity sometimes. Uh-huh. Like, I've definitely watched these movies, been, like, in bed with my girlfriend. We both got shit to do the next day. And we're like, oh, good night, good night, okay, sleep well, blah, blah, blah. You know, a little insight to my uh-huh. nightly routine. And then I'm like, pop in my AirPods and like, throw it on my phone. I'm like, I crush it out. Let's, uh-huh. let's uh-huh. just do it. And I watch it on the phone in the dark at like midnight, basically, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. See, that's um, the thing. As an adult, it's like, yeah, like, the comp- it's not that great, but as a as I got a my neighbor mowing his lawn right now, pretty <laughs> hard. <laughs> it's, it's really, you, I'm not stopping recording. These these listeners are gonna gonna get a little taste of my daily experience. Nice. Yeah. I remember as a kid though doing that, like, oh, I'm supposed to be asleep. Maybe I'll pull out like my little radio or something. Yeah. Like the crappiest little. It looked like the size of a. Like a TikTok, bo- uh, not a TikTok. Excuse me, a Tic Tac box. Yeah, I had this crappy radio thing and some terrible headphones, but I would just listen to the radio or something at nighttime. I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this, but it's be. It's I remember fun. when the iPod Video came out. My mm-hmm. mom got one, and I watched like episodes of The Office on this iPod Video. I watched like seasons of The wow. Office on this iPod video. Yeah. And that screen is like 480 by 480, like a two inch square. And I was like, this is the most amazing. This is awesome. awesome. This is optimal viewing experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're super you know? cozy. You wake up and you're all tangled in your headphones. Your, mm. your iPod has fallen in between your bed and the wall. Mm-hmm. It's totally under your bed. Yeah. So that used to be the best, and now it's the worst way to watch anything. I crushed this movie out in two parts. Mm-hmm. One, I watched about an hour ten last night and about an hour ten this morning. And um, 
Ultimately, I think that's like a pretty good way to do it. You know, there's like a nice stopping point after the Abu Dhabi stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, where you can kind of like settle in for the night. You don't get too excited. You don't get too amped up and you can fall asleep, you know? Because <laughs> that's what happens with me in this movie all the mm-hmm. time is like it, it just gets me amped. Some people um, think about flying sheep and others think about flying like in hypersports. Yeah. The one thing I really noticed... I want to talk about the like in, like in hypersport a little later in this video. Okay. I mean, this this podcast. Um, the one thing I really noticed from the beginning, though, is like, okay, so they spent, what, like 10 months perfectly crafting Paul Walker's face over like an entire movie, like recreating it uh, pore by pore and like so his, you know... They couldn't spend like two days de-aging Lucas Black when it cuts to him and Dom <laughs> talking, mm-hmm. right? I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but the dude looks forty-five years old. Yeah, <laughs> like he goes, he jumps from the the scene with Twink with Bow Wow and mm-hmm. like being like, "I heard he knew Han." Not tonight, Twink. Um, and then it jumps straight to the Dom. He ages fucking 10 years in a heartbeat, you mm-hmm. know? I just feel like you could spend a day just like, we got all this crazy ass like Irishman de-aging technology now. You could spend a day just like smoothing out his face a little bit, getting rid of some of those rankles, mm-hmm. as he might call them. <laughs> and... uh yeah, and just hit it, basically. Why not? Yeah. yeah, I think that would have been a good investment. I mean, yeah, what are they working with? They have to. Hang, he's hanging in a parking lot. He's it's a it's shot at nighttime, and he's there under fluorescent light. I was like, right. You've got that one shot. You're zooming in from the outside of the parking lot, right up into the conversation. Yeah, give him a little touch up. How hard could it be? I don't. I, I'm, a, I'm not not that hard. Is my. I mean, I don't know. I bet it's hard. I bet it's tough. I bet it's tough. Especially if you're not, like, he's not, like, wearing dots, you know? Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing with the Irishman, though, too, is, like, they didn't want to wear dots or, you know, suits that, you know, whatever, to, like, motion capture the face. Mm-hmm. So they had to do it with infrared, right? So they, like, at the same time they're filming, they also have this, like, infrared projector that projects it's it's kind of like your FaceTime face unlock on your phone where it like projects a series of infrared dots on your face Whoa. and they capture the performance in the data that way and the infrared doesn't because it's not part of the human visible spectrum it it's not captured on the camera so you can get the clean slated shot with the actor Robert De Niro but then you're also capturing Robert De Niro's facial contortions while he's speaking with this infrared technology um and then you go in and you take that data and use it to manipulate a three-dimensional mask basically mm-hmm. that you then like apply to Robert De Niro's face <laughs> the big problem with the Irishman is like they still walk like they're 70 years old. <laughs> so, uh-huh. like, you got all these, like, f- dudes who are looking 45 but that are, like, hunched over and s- taking six-inch steps everywhere, mm-hmm. you know? Um, 
I doubt they shot like infrared data for Lucas Black's face, though. So I wonder if I mean this might be a little bit obscene, but I wonder if uh, Vin Diesel's like, you know what? I want you to shoot all of my movies now with infrared layers on them, just Mm. in case in the future I need to do a uh, a De Niro style movie in the past. Yeah. Maybe. Right? Like, start capturing Maybe. this data now, okay? You're going to need to reverse my age in a couple of years here so we can hit it with the deep prequel. Well, I feel like they wouldn't need to do it. They only need to do the infrared to capture the, like, motion of his current old face. Mm. And then they can do, they can build, like, a 3D or, like, a mask using, like, sort of deep fake technology mm. in a way this is kind of cool i watched like i watched a bunch of videos about this kind of thing you basically take all the clips of vin diesel from forever or from a certain period of time depending on how old you want him to look mm-hmm. you feed those into like a supercomputer and it, the computer creates this like algorithm to figure out like a, a three-dimensional or two-dimensional model of the dude's face at that time and place. And then all you do is take the infrared data you've captured of like him speaking his current lines and throw that thing you've made into that and it like manipulates it in the way that to match what he's done on the camera. Whoa. I mean, it is, it is incredible, scary shit, you know? <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool shit. Um, but it would have been nice. I mean, maybe they'll do it all right, maybe we think a little timeline. Well, our favorite subject, the Fast and Furious timeline. When does F9, the Fast Saga, take place, do we think? Oh, my God, this fucking lawnmower is going to kill me. I don't think I can hear it on my side. All right, that's good. Um, I mean, it's immediately after 8. or immediately- No. Oh. Baby Brian, as we've seen in the trailer is four or five years old. Oh. And eight, he is a one-year-old baby. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking like three to four years after eight mm-hmm. is when F9, the Fast Saga, takes place, right? Mm. Which would be, and we know that eight takes basically place concurrently after seven. Mm-hmm. Or at least like nine nine months, whatever. Because Elaine is well, there's a whole thing. <laughs> we've we've mathed it out before. It doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. All right, so there's that. That means that Lucas Black, who is gonna be in F nine, the Fast Saga, if he's seventeen in three, three takes place between six and seven. Or concurrently with seven, right? Uh-huh. Seven. So he's going to be 21. 21, 22. 21, 22 in F9, the Fast Saga. However, Lucas Black is 110 years old. <laughs> Sunscreen? What is it? I've never heard of that stuff before. Yeah. So, so too many years fishing in his river outside his property in Alabama or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Uh, in the water, in the sun, in the salt from his sweat. just create It just gets cracked his face up. I would think, if I'm the filmmakers, I'm like, let's get this infrared sensor out yeah. for this 
barbecue scene. We'll we'll get Lucas Black. We'll touch his face up. You know, yeah. hey, people just gotta yeah. do it. People are gonna be upset. Okay, the moment mm. they see Lucas Black, they're just it's gonna be an uproar. I mean, his face and his voice is upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> no? I mean, is it? I mean, I think the, um. Yeah, the offensiveness of just the uh, the idea that Tokyo Drift exists and how they worked in the timeline has has extended beyond people who watch Fast and the Furious. I think even if they you haven't seen the movies, you've heard that mm, something's messed up with Tokyo Drift, and you can they, and I hear people joke about it even though they've never seen the movie before. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it really fucked them on the yeah. timeline thing. Well, I don't think it actually really fucked them. Because if they had decided, if Justin Lin had decided not to bring Sung Kang back into the movies, they would have been fine. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying that was a bad decision. I think it was a good decision to bring him back into the movies. I think Han in four a little bit and then five and six is very good and is a good addition to the family. But it fucked them. They had the Tokyo Drift problem. Mm -hmm. You know, they just had it. And they had to figure out a way to deal with it in a way. Do you think? uh, You know, they didn't do a great job. They didn't do a great job. I mean, I wonder, even in terms of getting uh, Sean Boswell back into Fast 9 here, do you think that's a, like, Justin Lin calls everybody in, say, hey, I know this is kind of out of blue here, but... We got some timeline work that we need to settle. Come on back, guys. Or do you think one of them is like, roll us back into the series, all right? right, We're here. Here's my theory. (laughs) My theory, and this is out of nowhere. I'm going to, I don't want to slander anybody. My theory is that Vin Diesel hates The Rock so much. That not only did he boot him off into his own spinoff land, but that he's like, you know what? Not only are we not going to have The Rock, I'm bringing everybody else back. (laughs) (laughs) Sean Boswell, you're in. Mm -hmm. Bow Wow, we've never met, but you're in. Hell yeah. (laughs) Okay. Whoever is going to be in this franchise to piss off The Rock the most, you're in for sure. Yeah. That's my that's my that's my theory. Basically, wow, yeah. yeah. Vindictiveness, vindictiveness. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fast, the fast nine after show, vindictiveness, vindictiveness. All right, Daryl, I want you to tell me what you think about Furious. We got to refocus. Mm-hmm. We got we got to come back into Furious Seven. Yeah. What did you think about this movie? Or All what right. did you notice about this movie? So, uh, at Race Wars, uh, Letty's about to drag race that Audi R8. And uh, yeah. Dom gives her the pro tip. He's like, you got to keep it under 9,000 RPMs. She goes, you know that's not my style. Yeah. I was like, first of all, <laughs> first of all, I don't think I've ever gotten anything over 9,000 RPMs. I think I my think car... I've ever gotten over like... 4,500. Yeah, I don't think my car... I think my car would explode if I ever tried to push it that high. So how could that possibly not be your style? That's How do you get to 9,000 RPMs so often such that that is your style? 
I mean, I mean, like, and how, what does that have to do with rioting or dying? Is the real question, right? Because she's like, you know, that's my style, not my style. I gotta ride or die. Not gonna ride or die. Nine thousand, nine thousand RPMs. That's an extremely high rep. Also, Letty, what the fuck do you know about riding or dying? You have amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> she knows the most about rioting and dying. She's like, I died. I rode. I died. <laughs> and is, now I'm back. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I rode. I died. And I'm here to ride again. You know? <laughs> 9,000 plus RPMs. Okay. You know how it is. <laughs> um, All uh, right. Yeah, the race board scene I was kind of vibing on, though, this time. I was like, I'm, I could do with some more race wars. Yeah. It'd be the cool if they did like a Brink style movie. You remember Brink? The like Disney Channel original movie? I don't think I've ever watched it. I've heard okay. I've heard well, it. It's going on the Patreon <laughs> in between our list yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Uh anyway, I I'm just using it as an example, but like you have a movie where like the whole plot of the movie is the competition. Like the karate kid the big climax at the end is he has to like win the competition, right? Um, but I I would love a Fast and Furious movie where like the whole movie is just like race war, the stakes at race wars, and there's mm-hmm. like an evil race wars team and like a good race wars team, and there's a young kid who's like coming up and he meets Dom and Dom agrees to like train him. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Kind of would be good. <laughs> kind of would be good. Yeah. Maybe like that'll that. be in like 2040 where they're like, I re- we're rebooting and like it's old Dom Toretto. Mm hmm. Old Dom Toretto. <laughs> Who's retired to Barstow, California? Yeah. Runs a tuna sandwich shop. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh,. Yeah, some upstart young kid hears, like, figures out that that's him. That he's the same guy he's heard of in Legend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, kind of like a Creed vibe. Like, you know, he finds Rocky and then, like, Rocky has to train him, basically. Mm-hmm. I would love, like, a Fast and Furious Creed kind of mashup thing. I think that'd be yeah. good. I think it'd be nice. I think mm-hmm. I think Vin is setting himself up to be a um he's following the steps of Stallone over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> big time. But st- the different big difference is Stallone like wrote a bunch of his own movies mm-hmm. and like not I don't think Vin Diesel that's not he wrote and directed a little movie. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he could do it. Maybe he could do it. It'd be weird if it race and I love like race wars in this movie. Like they ran into like if they ran into like Leon, mm-hmm. and Leon was like, "Hey, dude, guys, <laughs> what are you guys been up? What are you guys been up to? Long mm-hmm. time no see." Dom's like, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Well. I still got my radio, so just radio me save frequency from before. Yes. We're good, yeah, right? You guys need somebody to 
hang out and watch. You guys are still racing, or mm-hmm. you just need some money to watch the races for you? Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be cool. But I guess, yeah, I don't know. Um, I straight up forgot Ronda Rousey was in this movie mm-hmm. until she showed up. I think she's a forgettable character. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. I just like, I don't know. I've seen these movies so many times. I sort of know everybody who's doing them, working on them. All the timeline shit. But like, still, when I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, fuck, right. Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. She's terrible. She's terrible in this movie. Um, Career-wise, she's still mm-hmm. retired. She's still retired from fighting, right? She retired from fighting. I think she retired from the WWE too. Mm-hmm. So she she tried she she retired from the UFC because she got beat a couple times mm-hmm. badly. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's why, but like she that did happen, and then she did retire, and then like she was gonna have this big movie career, which is mm-hmm. crazy. Um. She was going to have this, like, enormous movie career. She signed up for, like, three pictures, including what I know was a Roadhouse remake, the Swayze film, mm-hmm. which is a excellent picture. But um, she was going to do a Roadhouse. And the, the apocryphal story is everybody gets the first table read of this Roadhouse remake. Like, Ronda Rousey, the director, the... Producers and then like the studio guys are there too. This is an apocryphal. I don't know if this is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like they do it, and Ronda Rousey is so fucking bad that the studio guys are like, "Nah, we're can- cancel the picture. <laughs> like this is not happening. Oof. Sorry, damn." And oh, not just replace her. Cancel the picture. We're done in the Ronda Rousey business overall. Wow. Yeah, can't do it. So man, that, that fell through. Yeah, bummer for her. I feel and like then, she like peaked and then immediately like lost everything. Yeah, lost all of her key prospects. WWE for a little bit. Yeah, and she just like she had this sort of. I, I mean, I don't think, in all fairness to her, I don't really think it's on her that she had this sort of stink on her. You mm-hmm. know. That I think the WWE fans were just, like, not into. Hmm. They were just like, she sort of got too much baggage from this other shit. And you're trying to make her into this thing and nobody just got on board, basically. Hmm. I don't think that Stink is, like, her fault. You know, like, she was a fighter and she decided to stop fighting. And then, like, it's okay that she's not, like, a very good actress. Like, personally, like, I don't care Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean she's like a bad person in a way you know like uh, she it's just like not her thing Mm -hmm. she's like totally fine um so it wasn't really her fault that like now she's coming into wwe and people are like you know ronda she's just sort of like carpet bagging from one thing to the next Mm -hmm. which is not really fair to her you know yeah so I agree with that. I think, like, fighting, yeah, fighting seemed like her main thing, and whenever you decide to leave that profession, like, it doesn't matter why, just go ahead, you know, because 
puts your yeah you're a professional athlete and it's up to you to decide if you have yeah. the if you have the opportunity to decide when you quit versus being forced to like that's a yeah that's a luxury and I'm glad that she like decided to quit rather than was forced to I I mean I'm just like I, I'm thrilled for her I yeah. think everybody like fighting is a fucking awful thing to do as yeah. a person who boxed a little bit in my youth it's it's not fun and like yeah. the reason i don't do it anymore is because it's extremely not fun mm-hmm. right and it's a really hard thing to do and she went in she made a big splash made a bunch of millions of dollars and then was like i'm hanging it up i don't want to mm-hmm. get my ass beat anymore like right. uh, i'm done so I respect the hell out of that. The problem is comes with like many athletes where it's like your second act, you know, a baseball player, I think especially gets into the trouble with this where it's like, cause baseball is such a game that children can play too, right? Like you can't really play tackle football for a while while you're developing and you can't really like, I mean, you can learn to box, but you can't really like learn to fight in a way when you're like super young. Mm-hmm. So, um, base, but like baseball, you can play from when you're fucking three years old. Right. And so like these baseball players spend their entire, and they got long careers, right. Mm-hmm. So they're like 40 sometimes. So from like nine to 40, all you do all day forever is play baseball. And then all of a sudden, you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to figure out your second act. And I think she struggled to sort of figure out the second act thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bummer. Uh, what else you got from this movie? Mm. Mr. Nobody has the crew under constant surveillance, right? Because I think, uh, I forgot which scene, but he's describing to Dom, yeah, no more funerals after they're at the funeral. Right. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Mr. Nobody is constantly surveilling the gang. Yeah. Do you think he's ultimately going to turn out to be a bad guy? I mean, uh, no. no. I think that was the plan. Yeah. I think that was the plan for Seven, was, like, to use that kind of thing, like, the surveillance, the sort of wink-wink, the corrupt government thing, and turn him into, like, a bad dude. And the reveal was going to be in the scene where Jaiman Hansu ambushes them when they're approaching Shaw in Abu Dhabi. Um, but I think when Paul died... They just decided, like, let's retool this whole thing. And ultimately, part of that retooling was figuring out, like, we got enough bad guys. Like, we got mm-hmm. Jai Hansu, We got uh, uh, Shaw. And, like, that's going to be enough for us, basically. And, mm-hmm. like, we don't need to add a third villain into this. I mean, I don't know. This is all me making this up. Mm-hmm. But and now it's like Kurt Russell's expensive. <laughs> Let's yeah. just get Scott Eastwood, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And like, can we? Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah, that's basically it. I saw a movie with Scott Eastwood. Oh, Scott Eastwood is in the Jason Statham Guy Ritchie movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So it's a, that's another little tidbit out there for our viewers. Yeah, he's really good in it, too. Yeah, I like I, liked I like Scotty. Yeah, I like, I like Scotty Eastwood too. Um, yeah. So let's get Kurt for like two scenes and Scotty Eastwood for the rest of it, and then like let's go from there. I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see if either of them are in fa- F nine, the Fast Saga. I haven't noticed them in the trailers, but mm-hmm. I think Scotty Eastwood is definitely going to be in there somewhere. He's got to show I hope up. So. I like Scott Eastwood. I'm just this is me bearing my soul to the world. Yeah. I like Scott Eastwood. I think he's good. Yeah. I think fans would be amiss and the storyline would suffer if he didn't make an appearance. They need yeah. to they need to give him a little screen time here so that he can continue to be a uh piece in the puzzle as this develops. Is, is Scott Eastwood How old is Scott Eastwood? Hmm. I'm just trying to think, like, what uh, is the age difference between Clint and Scott? Hmm. All right, let's think. How old is Clint? Like, 70? Like, 90 oh, million Oh, my Yeah. All right, so Scott Eastwood is 35. That means Clint was, like, 63, 62, 63 when he was born. It's fucking old. Wow. Yeah, Clint Eastwood's the man, though. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That dude's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we like Scott Eastwood. What else we got? Oh, I do want to talk about the like in Hypersport for a second. Because mm-hmm. I was noticing in this movie, like, they really fuck up a like in Hypersport. And, like, it is a very rare car. Uh, and I was like, how did the picture car team, like, deal with that? Because, you know, sometimes when you're in the picture, they, we just get some car. You know, we had, like, a Camaro that we used in the movie I just shot. And we had mm-hmm. two of them, and we painted them exactly the same, and then we fucked them up. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, But if it's not, like, a fucking 86 Camaro, like, what, <laughs> you know, like... And it's not if it's a if it's a super rare car. What do you do? Apparently, so W Motors, which is a Emirates-based motor company that mm-hmm. makes the Lycan Hypersport, they uh, the filmmakers approached W Motors and were like, "Hey, we'd love to put your car in our Fast and Furious <laughs> movie. Mm-hmm. How can we make that happen?" We'll pay you, obviously we'll pay you, and blah, blah, blah. So what they did was they made, and I think this happens pretty regularly with, um, uh, with really fancy cars in movies, is they mm-hmm. made a shell car, basically, mm-hmm. where it's like, it basically is a Camaro underneath. And then W Motors actually made it from their own molds and their own carbon fiber shit, made the shell of a Lycan Hypersport mm-hmm. and like put it over this. They like rigged it to this regular car, basically, mm-hmm. that fit inside it. So they made 10 of them. Wow. I was reading. And they fucked them all up. 
Yeah, wow. they like bashed oh. them through doors. They fucking slid them around this penthouse. Thing. Well, I mean, it wasn't actually a penthouse; it's a set. But like, mm-hmm. slid them around that, crashing them through candy glass. You know, they just really, absolutely trashed these things. One was mm-hmm. on going up for auction. One of the ones used in the movie. You can buy the fake, like in Hypersport, from the movie for like a hundred mm-hmm. grand. Or started Whoa. at 100 grand, the auction. Um, yeah, I just thought that was like an interesting thing. Um, I imagine sometimes they like re- work in coordination with the company, like w-, w Motors. And sometimes if you need like an old Aston, you just make one. Mm-hmm. Which is a complicated, difficult, expensive process still, but it's cheaper than... Buying Finding and a real up one. an antique Aston Martin. Yeah. You know? so, wow. Yeah. Huh. I wonder yeah. if. Yeah. Wait. Is a is a real like an hypersport? Is it supposed to be street legal? Mm, don't know. Mm, yeah. I was trying to think about like oh like maybe that was why they couldn't. There's no scenes where that car is on the street. It's like oh yeah we can't drive this on the roads so we have to put it in a building. Even the if the car isn't street legal, mm-hmm. it's like you can film it on it, like because they shut down the road. I mean, it doesn't yeah. need to be street legal to film because everything mm-hmm. is cordoned off, blocked off, stunt mm-hmm. prepped, cordon, you know, choreographed. It's not going anywhere that's not meticulously planned out, you know. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. um, that's all I got for this movie, basically. That's all I got too. Cool. You want to do some shout outs? Yeah. Cool. What do you want to shout out to this week, bro? Um, so this week I'd like to give a shout out to a local store in my neighborhood, mm. Macon Hardware Store. It's mm. one half block away from or it's around M-A-C-O-N? the corner. C O N. Mm-hmm. Macon, Bacon. Um I think one of the what makes a hardware store functional is for you to Sit around, you're like, oh, I need something. You go there, and they have it. If you think of something, and you go there, and they don't have it, you don't qualify as a hardware store. Right, right, totally. So this so this morning, I needed a hacksaw, masking tape, and sandpaper. I was like, I'm going to try this making hardware store. Never been there before. Let's see if they can do it. Place is kind of a dump on the inside, but entirely functional. Nailed Talked it. to the lady, nailed it. Exactly what I needed. I was okay. cutting, I was cutting a carbon fiber seat post. Oh, I was like, I asked my upstairs neighbor. I was like, "Do you have a hacksaw?" He was like, "Nope." I was like, "All right, gotta go get one." Sawed it up. Did the trick. Did the trick. Uh, I it ended up cutting it crooked, but it doesn't really matter. But then I think that's user error. That's the user than... error. Next yeah. time, what you should do is put a little tape. A ring so of I did tape do that. around, and then you have a very straight, clean edge you can follow to cut yeah. against. Yeah. So my main problem is that I didn't use like a vice grip or anything. I just brought it outside and did it on the top step of my stoop. Sure. Which. Sure. Yeah, but at least you'll have something going straight across. You know, yeah. that you can like use as a guide when you're trailing off track. Um. I mean, the hardware store thing, the, 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 the thing is the list. You want to get the list done in one place. Mm-hmm. 
you do not want to have a second stop. Yeah. And that's a tough thing to uh, deal with, basically. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I, you know, Macon Hardware. Are the folks from Macon, Georgia? No, the street, one street down from us is Macon Street, so they're on Macon Street. That makes sense. But nice people there. They sit outside. They have a nice little like garden spread on the sidewalk. They sit out there in uh, lawn chairs. They have the smallest dog I've ever done seen before. Must yeah. be five pound dog. Yeah, love so, it. Yeah, it's nice. Love it. Um, I okay. I want to shout out this week to uh kind of a person. I'm gonna kind of gonna shout out to a person. Do you know who John Le Carre is? I'm not familiar. John Le Carre was, he died earlier this year, unfortunately, but at a very old age, but he did mm-hmm. die. He was a, a British novelist who dealt mostly and wrote mostly spy novels. Cool. And is one of my favorite writers of all time. I've been rereading a lot of John Le Carre after he died. Mm. I read him a lot when I was younger, um, like in my early 20s. And um, he's just like the best fucking spy novelist who ever lived. I mean, it's just like his shit is so, feels really real, but it's also like super simple. There are not a lot of action scenes in his books. Like Mm -hmm. they aren't that sort of Grisham or... Over that fucking who writes Jack Reacher shit. Um, mm-hmm. They don't have like shooting and action a lot. It's all about like paperwork <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and like interviews. And uh-huh. I, I just, I really love that kind of stuff. And it's always super clever. His most famous book is um, uh, a book called Tinker Tailor's Soldier Spy. Mm-hmm. which has been adapted twice, once in the 70s or 80s as a miniseries starring Alec Guinness, who also played <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars films. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that miniseries is phenomenal. And then once in 2011 starring Gary Oldman, uh, which is a movie I could watch. Uh, I, I tweeted this out, but I could watch it on a loop. Over and over again. And it wow. is. It, I mean, that movie fucking rules so hard. It's so good. Um, that is the first... Tinker Taylor is the first in a trilogy of books that he wrote uh, uh, called the Carla Trilogy. It's that mm-hmm. book. A book called The Honorable Schoolboy. And then a book called Smiley's People. Smiley's People was also turned into a miniseries, also starring Alec Guinness, uh, hmm. but has never been adapted into a film, I don't think. Um, but there have been a ton of adaptations of his work, um, and uh, and film and television, Little Drummer Girl, which was a great miniseries from a few years back, um, lots of films, A Most Wanted Man, um... Yeah, anyway, I love his books. I've watched every film or TV adaptation of his work. 
of which is of varying quality for sure, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just settling into like the older dad dude type of phase of my life where I'm just mm-hmm. like I'm into spy novels and like submarine histories and shit. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't get enough John Le Carre. I miss him a lot. I'm glad we got the, like, breath. He wrote, like, 30 books, basically. So I'm glad we got the breath of work out of him that we did. Um, But it's been really nice this year to, like, go back and just, like, dive back into I mean, the writing is incredible. That's the other thing, too. It's just, like, it's so subtle sometimes. And, like, all the, like, little pieces and clues you find on second readings where you're like oh my god he's just dropping this in and like as a table setting and you don't notice it and then the second time you read through you're like oh of course that's oh my god just it's so good i love i love him and i miss him that's what i want to say yeah it's a good shout out thanks man appreciate it well, if you want to shout out at us, you can do so at No One Likes the Tuna. No, at at Nolt Podcast N O L T T Podcast on Twitter. No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. No One Likes the Tuna Podcast at Gmail dot com. Please, actually, please do this. Please just take five minutes and drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. I, I it just it so helps the show and like. You know, I know it's fucking pain in the ass, and I know nobody ever wants to do it, but, like, it would it would be huge for us if you did. So, that'd be cool. Uh, and, Daryl, next week we got uh, Fate of the Furious. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that. Oh, my goodness. F9, the Fast Saga. I need to get me a movie ticket. Yeah, get yourself a ticket today, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look it up right after this. Yeah. We got to we got to work on that. Mhm. Um Okay. I'm done. I think so too. You want to play this song one more time? Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, let me open this up. Ready? 3 2 1 Play. <laughs> <laughs> 